Let's see. Oh, it's there. Okay. Oh, who's doing the, um, are you looking for I the will. title of the podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do this one off the dome. I don't need the syntax okay. or nothing. Sure, All sure. Right. Okay. This one's for real. story of one might say the arts tenure in the Olympics. <laughs> my name is Bernadette Sefik, my pronouns are they them, and I am here to formally um, fuck. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Riggs, my pronouns are she, her. I'm so glad we made it through the title, and I'm here <laughs> to just kind of cozy up next to you, and over time, become codependent. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. And also, I may be a little bit more accurate to my whole vibe. <laughs> my my uh, rising sign okay. is here to fuck, but my moon <laughs> sign is codependent cuddling. <laughs> I'm so glad we aren't actually going to say what our rising and like, not setting. You don't know? I don't know off the top of my head. I know I'm an Aquarius. Elizabeth, the first time we ever hung out at my apartment... We got drunk and I spent three hours I know, reading you I know, your chart. I know, and it was it was actually it was nice. I feel I like I really just nice. blew up my whole gay spot though. Of course I did. It's <laughs> like, so well, come over, drink some wine, and let me tell you what I'm your gonna light Venus all these is. candles. And I was like, I'm I'm here for that. And Elizabeth was like, not no. Yeah, but rather, indeed. Um, okay, here is here it is. Please, <laughs> internet. People are going to be able to steal my identity with this. Uh-huh. That's how that works. So, my sun is in Aquarius. My moon is in Aquarius. I'm ascendant in Virgo. My uh, Mercury is in Aquarius for me. Venus is in Pisces. Mars is in Cancer. Jupiter in Libra. Saturn in Aquarius. Uranus in Capricorn. <laughs> Neptune in Capricorn. Pluto in Scorpio. You not only dived into that, you did your whole chart, and I really like that you giggled at Uranus. How can you do it? <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, it's made to be, it's a word that's made to be enjoyed. You know what I'm saying? Your anus? Or I've also heard it pronounced Uranus. And I know those are people that just want me to like take them serious. Like that's like my, like, to me, like full of it. I, I don't take them seriously. I think they're prudes. <laughs> per, per, personally. They take prudishness seriously. Oh man! Well, um, that's wait. Good. Well, now I feel like it's weird. I should oh, say. Oh, that's I, very I true. I feel like I should say some of my chart. Yes, <laughs> I was so ready to bounce. You're like, and <laughs> let's talk about the Olympics. Yes. Um, excuse me. My sign probably told you that already. <laughs> that I'm self focused. Um, I I do know that my uh, so my sun is in Virgo. My main thing. And then my moon is in Libra, and my rising is in Capricorn. Okay. Um, and then I believe my Venus is in Scorpio and my Mars is in Cancer. And those are the only ones I care about. Big three and then fucking and fucking fighting is Mars mm -hmm. and then romance is Venus. I just want all of that to, I wish that I just had all of this down so that as people are saying these things to me, I'm like, oh, yep, 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 yes. If I can give you one piece of advice, and this is going to be advice for our audience as well, <laughs> and I know you didn't think you'd get Zodiac advice on an Olympics uh, podcast, but here well, we are. 
You're w- for free. For free. It doesn't have to be for free, but it technically is. Today it is. <laughs> um, my biggest advice is to just figure out the people who are close to you and, like, what their sun signs are. Okay. And some facts about them that click for you. Sure. So that one way, when you meet another person, you're like, oh, that makes sense because of blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, like, linking traits to people. Yes, in my yes. mind. Uh, I know some people, like, my my younger sibling keeps a a note on their phone of each zodiac sign and everyone they know under that zodiac sign. Oh, that's kind of cute. Which is kind of cute, That's just helpful. Like a weird little directory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am, uh, when we first met, I was really flabbergasted by your dual Aquarius. Yes, I'm all over it. Until I figured out your Capricorn, because the Capricorn in your ascending is, like, what you present as, and Capricorn is that very type A, like... Here for the business, kind of money. And I, I was like, oh, money. got it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so. But, but then we connected because of your Aquariusness. Right. Yeah, which I love. I, I can love help that. it. Splashing around in it. Just <laughs> having a time. A little water, baby. Little water side. What can I say? Um, I do love, I will say, I always, uh, when I found out I was Aquarius, instantly I was like, oh, sick. Like the song Age of Aquarius. Oh my God. Which. I love, I have performed it with a company holiday band, and I think it was okay. A company holiday band? Yeah, it was dope. This was a very big deal. One of the things they did was they had a bunch of people at the company that were all part of the arts in some way, and they did, like, uh, art shows, and then another thing they did was the company band played for the holiday party. And it was so so fun. Oh, yeah, it was just, like, all big, like, 80s ballads, almost. So just oh very, God. very dramatic, very over the top. And it was, like, really pretty good. I love that. Yeah. I also just realized that both of our risings are Capricorn. Uh-huh. Which, no fucking wonder, like, this podcast is way over-researched. <laughs> and <laughs> why it's longer every episode than what we want it to be. Just by, like, s- just a hair. Just by, like, so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? With a couple commercials in here, a good it's a perfect hour. <laughs> like a, like tuning into Ed Sullivan if he was, you know, two people in Denver, hundred uh, percent ha- hanging out, drinking beers. Look, people used to spend a hundred percent of their day listening to the radio. Okay, there's nothing to look at when you listen to the radio. Yeah, in the 1920s, it was only the radio, and here we are back again, giving you that shit to turn into for your family. Turn into it, okay? While you're cooking, while you're driving, become this podcast. While you're making love to your wife, that's right. I want to be in the background of that. I don't want to. Okay, just listen to me while you're making love to your wife, and and then tune out Elizabeth. Please tune me out. I've tuned you out entirely. Um. <laughs> oh, 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 dear Christ. Well, I really liked that our opening was about uh, our zodiac. Our zodiac signs and... And next week it's going to be about the zodiac killer. That's right. This podcast is slowly but surely turning into a very hyper-specialized true crime podcast about the zodiac killer being Ted Cruz. Yeah, because if there's one thing the internet needs, it's more podcasts about true crime. Okay, I but about really true lacking. crime being Ted Cruz... No, honey, I'm positive we can that there's three the different <laughs> podcasts already about that. We can, we're going to bring together the true crime podcast community. We're going to bring the political podcast community. Mm. We're going to bring people that like stuff that's spliced. Mm. So that demographic will be there, too. <laughs> and we're going to crush. The market is desperate. Hey, if you, wherever you are right now, thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, you know what you thought. 
<laughs> but um, I know what you thought more. Um, and this is just for for the homies. I uh, I heard that Ted Cruz uh, likes the warmth when he pisses his pants. <laughs> oh my god! Just just for the homies, I wanted you to know that. It's like a little a little side treat. A little preview of this podcast coming this fall. <laughs> It's, we're going to interview Ted Cruz, and the only question is, you like the feeling, bitch? <laughs> He's like, but then we just keep asking him in different languages. Because they're like, well, the questions have to be different. I'm like, they are different. <laughs> Nuance. You like warmth? <laughs> Biatch. Nailed it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Ah, yes. Another language indeed. So, I'm very excited about this week. Me too. Um, and I'm coming in hot to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, with the history segment. And it's one that we, I feel like kind of precursed like two weeks ago, I was yes. talking on this podcast and I had an idea and oh, here we are full circle. Yes. Well, you dropped like a little nugget about this and then mm-hmm. we were like, Oh, you have to talk about we that. Must. So honestly, y'all, this is to be expected, but very anticipated. This is a section, a history segment about the Nazis' tenure and hijacking, if you will, Oof. of the 1936 Olympics. I'm so ready for this. I'm like, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm stoked about well, this. Well, okay. I don't know about you, but when uh, researching almost anything mm-hmm. else about the Olympics, like during this time period, mm-hmm. it was hard to not just come across like Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think this is a good point to give a little bit of a content warning mm. slash trigger warning. Um, I am going to be mentioning anti-Semitism. Ooh. I know, shock around that end. Uh, racism and uh, suicide. So if those things Ooh. feel triggering to you in any capacity, um, I suggest not this episode. Yep, yep. We... And that is totally okay. Maybe tune back in and like... For sure in 45 minutes, because these things have only been about 55. So, yeah. like, just show up for that, and that's Hop totally to fine. the end. You, if you hear laughing, I assume it's past the Nazi section. Agree, but I, I don't so. promise. <laughs> <laughs> Scared. Okay. All right. So, um, I have split my uh, history segment of the uh, 1936 Olympics okay. into an arts section and a sports section. Okay. And I know that this is an arts in the Olympics podcast, so obviously I touch on that, but I wanted to give kind of a full idea and feeling of that year. Please. And so I talk about the sports as well. Put me there. Well, I will. Okay. Okay, close your eyes. Okay. Um, it is 1936 Berlin. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. It's a little sweaty. The sun is beating. They've taken down all of the Nazi propaganda posters, and you're feeling good. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) What a time we've just been through. Amen. I can get there. So in 1936 is when the Berlin when Berlin hosted the games. Um, Some highlights or some first evers for the games at the time. Uh, It was the first ever Olympic Games to be televised. Okay, hey. Makes sense because we just invented, like, television. Television. Mm -hmm. Man, imagine just knowing the Olympics were going on somewhere else and not being able to tune in and or completely tune out. That is kind of weird because you would just, like, a week later be like, ah, Italy won. Yay. I mean, I'm (laughs) sure, like, people just focused more on, like, all the times and stats because you couldn't see it live. So. 
I mean, uh, I'm barely interested now with being able to see it. I can't imagine back then. Sometimes in slow mo, and then they'll like splice, splice. Second time this episode, <laughs> keep track. Uh, they'll splice together like montages of just like you know Michael Phelps like like dolphin and jumping out of the water. And yeah. Just like whoa. Yeah. We get to do playback. 100%. So could you imagine without that? Could you imagine watching the song without that? You know what it would be? It'd be 30 <laughs> seconds of wet. It'd be disinteresting. <laughs> it's just because it's not long enough. Oh, could you imagine the running? Oh, two seconds. Like, two second mile. So quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are in... Um, okay. Sorry. Close your eyes. Picture okay, this. Okay, I'm, I'm back in it. I'm back in it. It's 1931. Five oh, years prior. Sure is. Okay, you're actually in Berlin again. Get this? Okay. It's still summer, but you're at the Olympic International Olympic Committee, the IOC's uh, meeting, and they are deciding where to put the Olympics. Where do they decide? Berlin. Why? Because they think it's a good idea to welcome Ger- Germany back into the world community after isolation from the af- aftermath of World War One, Man. This just kind of gives me vibes of, like, you just broke up with someone and you're like, I'm going to, like, get it back out there. But you go back out, like, too soon. You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? You're just and like, you date, like, a shitty person. Yeah, or you just, like, really embarrass yourself. Just that one night out, you're like, I should have I even just waited, like, a month more. And this would never have happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting. And it's cringy. Yeah. Uh, Adolf Hitler was quite the bad rebound. I'll, I'll say it. <gasps> yeah. I'll be the first to say it. Maybe the worst? I think we can give him that title. I don't like to give him stuff, but like yeah. I'll give him the worst. Of superlative is, I think the Hitler would take the superlative of the worst in a lot of categories. Worst boyfriend. <laughs> worst <laughs> smile, worst eyes. Most likely to succeed, but in the worst way. In the worst way. Um, so uh, they were like, hey, World War One was tough. You've been like isolated for a while. Get back in here. Mm-hmm. You can host. And then two years later, the Nazi party leader, Adolf Hitler, becomes the chancellor of Germany. Oh, so man. they award Berlin in 1931. Right. And then in 33, he becomes the chancellor. And then they host in 36, three Shit. years later. This is going to be crazy. <laughs> so uh, let me talk to you about art first. Okay. Um, there's uh, Germany was all about hosting the art. They were very excited about okay. it. They even suggested some new um, section. No, not sections. Categories. Uh, categories. Sure. That the IOC declined, which okay. I thought was interesting. Just so you know, uh, Berlin suggested dance, <gasps> gold and silver smithing, and film. And the IOC said no, which, can I be honest? A little rude. I don't want to sound weird. I'm on Germany's side on that one. I am too. And I'm like, love I'm going to try to chalk it up to like some very sweet like German person who was secretly doing the most mm-hmm. trying to keep things not terrible over there. And they were just like, I have this beautiful idea. We'll have dance. And they're like, okay, you can talk to him. I'm like going to chalk it up to first, a good person. Um, that's the first like live performance. Yes. That was, that was suggested. So I was really excited about that. Dang. But. Whatever. I think it could have worked. Just I, saying. I agree. But they uh, it was also the same the first year that um, literature and music got split into a bunch of categories. Okay. So they did win on that one. Okay, fine. Fine. Um, at the opening ceremony of the art competition, the Reich Master of Propaganda. <laughs> I know. What a title. I mean, God. <laughs> not mincing words. Uh, Joseph uh, Jobels. And I just want to see if how you would pronounce Jobels. Was it Goebbels? Goebbels. Okay. Goebbels. Cool. Goebbels. Exactly. 
<laughs> so we're going to call him Joseph. So Joseph reminded his audience that each work entered into the competition was required to have uh, been created at least four years prior. Um, or sorry, within the four years, not at least. Oh, leading within, up to the games. So which is actually something I didn't know. Okay. So that's probably the first time we're talking about it on this podcast. Is I didn't know that it had to be super current. It had to be within the four years from the previous Olympics. Sure. Which really makes it like you have to be you have to be new, very amateur. Yep. Keeping up with it. Oh, totally. Um, mm. But I really enjoyed this quote. He said, since he reminded the audience that it had to be created within the last four years, he said, this enables us to derive from the exhibition an estimate of international conditions. Which, what that, I what I liked about that is it really was. It was a showcase of where the world at was in that last four-year period, yeah. which was steeped in Nazi propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Um, okay. So, this, uh, fun fact, this art competition had the least amount of submissions, or a very low amount of submissions, okay. but the most amount of people coming to see it than any of the prior um, Olympics. Got it. I think it was second to least amount next to the very first time it ever happened. Sure. Because that was a really Which low amount. Which did not go well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that was, was because people were boycotting the Olympics because of Nazi Germany. So, um, that happened a little bit with the athletes, okay. but a lot with the artists. Okay. Because we artists have a very hard and true compass of morality, okay? <laughs> We've always been in it for not the money, not the fame, no. but the art itself. Exactly. And the they experience. said, fuck, fuck Nazi Germany. Oh, so, they were struggling getting submissions. Right. And because of that, they they uh, extended the submission deadline multiple times until, like, basically the Olympics. Damn. Um, they were just like, show up. We don't care at this please, point. Please, Anybody doing anything cool with Play-Doh? <laughs> <laughs> and that was a fun pun around Play-Doh, okay? <laughs> and his and his writings. And uh, yeah. thank you, Elizabeth. That was so good. Thank you so much, also. Um, so fun fact about the jury that was created for, to judge, um, the arts for this competition. The international jury consisted of 29 German judges and only 12 others that were not German. Wow. Yes. Um, I guess, I guess I don't know off the top of my head. Nowadays, do we like pull all of our judges internationally? So this, I I did try to find like if this was common or not. Sure, this was not seen in any other Olympics like so one sided. Yeah, except for one. Oh no, it's gonna be which like... was the 30, 1932 Olympics, okay. the one Olympics prior in the U.S. In which the U.S. Uh, did put forth twenty four American judges out of thirty. America, so, and, and this is this is super weird. Um, in God. 1932, America mostly won. And Shut up. Yeah, and then in 1936, when there was uh, 29 German judges, Germany mostly won. This is so crazy. I know. I feel and like I, a hard-hitting journalist. Right I now. honestly, you're bringing it to me. <laughs> I'm learning, and I'm oh, I'm loving it. 
So they did stack the judges, okay. and it's not that it had never happened, but between that and the 1932 Olympics, y'all, we should not be in a rare. group with Nazi Germany 100% on anything. No. It's clearly v bad. Like, well, I've got bad news for you. This is not the only time in this segment that I'm gonna refer to the U.S. as the aligning only with Nazi okay. Germany. Hold on, everybody. Ooh. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, in terms of the arts in the Olympics, uh, of the medals that were given out, Germany won 12, which was the most okay. by far. Sure. Um, Germany won, tw- and like I said, there wasn't a ton of medals given out because mm-hmm. there weren't a ton of submissions. Yes. <laughs> Germany won 12, and then the other medals goes as follows. Italy is the next in line okay, with sure. five. Austria with four. <sighs> Poland with three, and Japan with two. Now, if that doesn't stand out to you already, listeners, those are all of uh, Nazi Germany's access powers. Um, Subsequenting as the next, what is that, four in line. Okay, okay, hear me out. Okay. I'm seeing that this is just Olympics... Disney villains edition, but you know, on like on like a lot more drugs, like a lot more evil. But don't you just? Doesn't it seem like a, at least a movie you'd want to watch? You're just like, I do kind of want to see them just like Loki give all the prizes to only their friends. To their friends, so tacky, absolutely. And being tacky, that is villainous. I imagine that like the show of it in in during that time, right yes. before World War II started, but during the Third Reich, um, it was like fucking wild. How because, is this not a movie though? Well, is the, kind of what I'm. And thinking. this, what's interesting to me is like it's not like so the Axis powers obviously existed once World War II started so like poland you know was invaded three years later right um but it isn't yet so what i think is really fascinating to me is like it is almost like they're calling their shots do you know what i mean like that sounds terrible yeah totally and like obviously Uh, they were already allies right right but germany was like five for you italy (laughs) two for you japan remember this and oh poland it's gonna be rough in three years but may i give you three medals right just like we're not gonna do right by you and they were like what (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, no. They're man. like, what'd you say? And they were like, nothing. Okay, man. I, yeah, I didn't even think about the timeline of yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it's much it's more really, ominous. Yeah, it's much more ominous. Oh, God. And that, okay. that carries through the entire Olympics of yeah. just kind of this ominous propaganda. Sure. Um, very intense propaganda, yet not... Um, not overtly violent yet, I would say. Sure. I'm not gonna say not violent, but I'm not. I'm gonna say not overtly on, violent. On like the world stage, maybe. Yes. Like we have not started yes. warring. Yes. Uh, exactly. In the way that we ultimately would. Sure. Um. So, those are where the medals went. Okay. Um. But the, what's key to mention is this did end up having um about seventy thousand uh, visitors to the exhibition of the art. And the reason that I want to point this out is because um, this was really used at, by Hitler as a propaganda fair. 
Sure. Like, like with thought, not happen centrally, with a lot of thought. Oh, of course. And the fact that it was the most visited arts exhibition of the Olympics thus far, mm. like, I think proves a lot. And um, I want to make sure I'm not getting too far ahead of my notes right now, but all of, there's a lot of U.S. documentation of, like, people going to the Olympics and um, writing about it. And there's a lot of speculation now about, what would have happened if we didn't write so positively about the Olympics? And would that have, like, allowed us to condemn Hitler sooner? Sure. Yeah. But a lot of U.S., um, just, like, from random newspapers and, and um, journalists, went out there and were like, wow, we, this is really nice. The Olympics are really great. Yeah. Look at this really great art. Look at these really great, like, facilities. Because yeah. this was also one of the first times that a facilities was built out very extensively. Okay. Like, they built a an incredible, for the time, like, uh, Olympic Village wow. and Olympic facilities. And so a lot of people went out there and were like, wow, Maybe it's not so bad, which is da 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 the whole point of propaganda. Right. Oh, totally. No, I think it's it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and absolutely. I, yeah. And so Gosh. and so a bunch of journalists went out and they were like, "Nice." Right. And then three years later, World War Two starts. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. And it's just and that's to say, I think that's pr- propaganda working really well because it's not like we didn't know the Third Reich was happening. We oh, knew sure. what was happening, right. and that's why the protests were happening and why right. the boycott was happening. Oh, of course. And right. yet we still participated, and then they're like, you know what? This is not... Like, their cafeteria serves oh, the best pizza in town. I mean, it just gives you some, like, uh, like almost like Hunger Games vibes. Like oh, that, totally. Uh, like, oh gosh, of course I'm blanking on, like, her name. Katniss Evergreen? Uh, the, the woman with the pink hair. Um, shoot. Ca- ca- cool. Ca- cool. Um, uh, Elizabeth. Ali- right, Elizabeth, um, uh, Banks. Yeah. It's just Elizabeth Banks. It's just Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Her name's Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> oh, God. With pink hair. We're leaving it. Uh, no, it's giving me that vibes where it's like, um, just the, the level of, like, facade. And, like, if you yeah. really got close enough, you'd see, you know, that something was off. But, like... I don't know people were just overwhelmed by apparently how amazing it was so right. or just like choosing to like be like wow how could anyone with pink hair like sure be evil right. or i mean when Run they know that she is yeah. right 100%. like yeah 100 not not to associate the hunger games with actual no but i mean hitler it just feels like you know you wonder if this I get was it. some inspiration for that vibe a hundred percent anyway um, Wild. So that's kind of the arts um, situation going on, and then I would love to top uh, tip on some some. I would love to top tip on <laughs> some open. sports facts. Cool. <laughs> um, I want someone on the broadcast. All right, let's top tip some sports facts. Let's top tip. Let's uh, get into it. E- this is ESPN. Tom Brady. Let's t- t- top tip into his stats. <laughs> he threw a four on the last game, and he's throwing a 36 today. I also just want to say, for people that may not know me, Elizabeth, I know other football players that just Tom Brady. Yeah. I just want to say that real quick. Okay. In yeah. case people weren't sure. Would you like to give one? <sighs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Now, oh, Patrick God. Mahomes in the last game, you know what he threw? A two. This game... An eight. And that's somehow better. <laughs> I just, 
I can also name some that weren't just recently in Super Bowls. Okay, but, yeah. Would you like to give that as well? Why am I doing this to myself? Why do you keep offering I this? I don't know. I just realized I'm my worst enemy right now. A hundred percent. I'll offer, may I? May I? Sure. Elway. Mmm. <laughs> you know what he threw? Mr. Elway. What? Uh, two. Ten. Okay, well, I was just guessing a number. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine was a real number, so. Uh, I'm derailing us so hard, but maybe we needed this buoyancy <laughs> in this time of talking about. Yeah. Know. Also. It's going to get worse. Real quick. Um, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> so, anyway. Please continue. Please continue. Uh. <laughs> I just... I just had to tell everyone. Honestly, I'm proud of myself that I'm not going to offer another one because I don't know. And that actually makes me feel good about myself. I said, ask me, ask me without (laughs) meaning to. Like an idiot. So uh, on the sports end of the 1936 Olympics. um, So in April 1933, so Mm -hmm. this is when Hitler became a chancellor, um, there was an institution, or there's an... um, Wow, an instating, that's the word. Okay. An instating of an Aryans-only policy <gasps> in all German athletic organizations. Oh, shit. So, this is three years prior to the Olympics. Yeah. So, obviously, that's a really easy way to make sure that Jews don't get into the Olympics if they can't step foot in and a also singing, like, single big red facility. Flag. Yeah. Big red flag, people. No, 100%. Like, there's... There's no surprise about the Third Reich. Like, in the three years prior, uh, everything is instituted. It's more that people were just, like... I mean, like, today, like, turning a blind eye, choosing to focus on what wasn't, like, very, you know, not not my backyard or whatever. Sure, sure. Not my So, um, in 1933, it was Aryans only in training facilities and athletic organizations. So, that allowed it easily to, like, weed out any Jews or non-Aryans from... Uh, like being able to train for the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so then there started to be movements to boycott the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Uh, the main countries that these surfaced or like gained a lot of traction in was in the United States, mm-hmm. Great Britain, France, Sweden, Czechoslovakia, and the Netherlands. Okay. The biggest uprising or boycott surfaced in the United States because we traditionally send one of the largest teams to the game. Sure. So, you know, like, it's got more energy. It's got more backing. Um, some of the boycott proponents supported a counter-Olympics. Um, and one of the largest uh, pushes for those was going to be called the People's Olympiad, which was planned in the same at the same time in the summer of 1936 in Barcelona, Spain. Wow. And it actually got really close to coming through. Oh, wow. And people started, like, actual thousands of athletes started to show up. Yes. And then uh, there was the Spanish Civil War that started oh. in the July, uh, the month of July in 1936. <laughs> Spain. So, like, so close. I know, so close. So close. close. Just like, a bunch there. of athletes showed up, and then they were like, psych. <laughs> so we're having a bad time. <laughs> Gosh. It's like when you show up at well. someone's house, it's like a couple that's hosting, and you get there, and clearly they've been fighting. And they are fighting. And you're just like, oh no. Oh no, And no, then no. I always feel like I have to bring it up. I'm not, <laughs> not the fighting, the mood. The mood. I task myself, and I am out there doing the most. And I need to just learn to relax. I, I like that visual, because what you've just painted is like a single swimmer. I'm going to call him 
Chad. Okay. So Chad shows up in Spain, and there's a little so, literal civil war outbreaking. He's like, oh, guys, yeah. don't worry. Um, <laughs> g- shall we play Twister? Oh, I would I would love to play Twister, please. <laughs> oh, you know, there were some people that were non-confrontational showed up, and they're like, oh. Oh. So, like, do we have to get off the plane? Or, like... <laughs> Can we just stay seated? I will ride this back home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta get out. Incredible. Okay. So, yeah. So, there was the almost People's Olympian. That's very cool. I love um, that. Add that to that yeah. movie script that we have dibs on. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Come for me, HBO. Tra- you're, trademark. You're trademark. Trademark. Green lighting a lot right now. <laughs> um, so, obviously, there was a lot of individual Jewish athletes and Jewish organizations from a number of countries um, who tried to, boy- or did boycott the Berlin Olympics and the qualifying trials. However, the kind of turning point of let not having the boycotts be effective uh, was the Amateur Athletic Union, the AAU of the United States, opted into a vote whether to participate or not in uh, 1935, so the year prior, and they decided to participate. Okay. Now, the president, Avery Brun... Sorry, Brunnegy. Yep, I nailed that. Trust us. Avery Brunnegy. The president is on uh, record saying, the Olympic Games belong to the athletes and not the politicians. Which, uh, uh, at first glance, we like that sentiment. You know, yeah. he was like, I don't believe in this boycott because I, you know, like, we believe. And then, this is going to this is gonna really surprise you. Uh, he's now believed to be a giant anti-Semite. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> who played it. Uh, his whole vibe was like any American Jewish athlete who wanted to boycott was, un- uh, he like framed for being unpatriotic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course. Y'all, tacky at home. Tacky at home. A hundred percent. That's what I'm saying is like, I mean, I'll get into this more, but like the U.S. is all like, yeah, fuck Germany and the Third Reich, but also we're racist in our own ways. <laughs> yes. Like, like, but like, but we hide our racism and you're a little overt and that's why you're worse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but we are going to take a little note out of your stack the judges playbook and run it the hard <laughs> Olympics in a way that is... Just unashamed. <laughs> so, um, obviously, there was all of this uproar and all of this boycotting conversation. And so, Germany did one thing to um, try to stem that conversation. As a token gesture, the German authorities allowed the star fencer of Germany, Helene Mayer, to represent Germany at the Olympic Games. Um, she was viewed as a non-Aryan because her father was Jewish. And she won silver in the woman's individual fencing. But, or not but, but and, like all other Germany medalists that placed at all, every single one of them during the 1936 uh, Olympics used the Nazi salute on the podium. Oh my gosh. 100% of them. But like, good grief, don't like do any kind of fist in the air because you feel like your country isn't listening to you. God forbid you kneel. The people start arriving Mm -hmm. uh, in Berlin. They're eating their schnitzel. Mm -hmm. They are drinking their beer. Mm -hmm. They are svetzing. Oh, you gotta. That was a Jewish word. And that's 
That's a little commentary for this conversation. Ooh. Oh, spicy. <laughs> so people are arriving, and uh, what Germany did is they took down all of their overt anti-Jewish propaganda signs. They did a quick redecorate? They did a redecoration of the city. And it was twofold. They took down all of their very overt anti-Jewish signs. But what they did do is they commissioned a bunch of art. And I know what you're thinking. What could this art possibly have been? Oh, man. Obviously, it was of a bunch of Aryan athletes. (laughs) So they commissioned all of uh, a bunch of statues. And then they also commissioned a documentary, quote unquote, that was playing around town of just like very Aryan athletes, like blonde, blue eyes, very like tall, skinny, white, but also very toned and muscular. Right. And being like, wow aren't sports in humanity great when they come from, like, this kind of person? And then they specifically commissioned a bunch of art that also aligned them with the original Olympics slash, like, um, ancient Greece. Okay. But they depicted all of ancient Greece as beautiful Aryans. So, I mean, if you kind of know anything about how people look, obviously people in ancient Greece didn't look like Aryan. No. Um, oh, man. But they depicted them as that, and then they depicted themselves as that. Yeah. And then they were like, aren't we just, like, perfect, just yeah. like the original Olympic Games, which is blonde hair, blue-eyed, and hot as shit. Gosh. This is giving me some, like, Sunday school coloring pages vibes. A hundred percent. Yeah, and all these people are so It's almost like white. we've been at this since day one. <laughs> this whole racism thing? Day it's one. It's not new, and we need to figure it out. <laughs> so they they took down all the signs. They added all of the the statues, um, and that's kind of where they were at. So unlike the arts um, international judging team, they weren't able to stack the judging team of the athletes, and the U.S. swept in a lot of ways, okay. medal wise. Wow. Which the U.S. is really proud of because they were very anti-Germany at the time, very anti-Third Reich. But still playing in their games. Mm-hmm. So it makes Wild. also sense that U.S. swept because they send the largest team. Right. And this, notably, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will have known or heard about Jesse Owens. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Jesse Owens was? Name is familiar. Sure. Um, so Jesse Owens uh, pretty famously won four gold medals, which was very... Um, which is a record-breaking for wow. the 1936 Olympics. In uh, He was a runner. He was a track and field runner. Okay. He was also black. And there was, like, just, like, this very... The, the spin on his winning of these medals to be, like, pretty incredible considering that he was, like, the star of the 1936 Olympics and won all these medals and broke all these records while being a black African-American man. Um, in face of Hitler, right? Like, kind of, and, and a lot of it was spinned as, like, look at him, like, spitting in Hitler's face, like, proving him wrong that Aryans are not the supreme race. Right. So that was, and kind of always has been, like, the big statatement about Jesse Owens, which sure. I'm not I'm not depreciating in any way. Like, no, that clearly, was super incredible. In, right, insanely, um, like, a, a, a sports hero. Yeah, like, and super incredible. And deserves all that And respect. he absolutely did, you know, shit on Hitler and his Aryan shit. Sure. I just, uh, the reason I come at this kind of skeptical is that through researching this, I was just kind of, not flabbergasted, I guess, sadly, I expected something like this, but I was um, disheartened when I 
figured out that it's not like he was a big hero back in the U.S. So sure. the president at the time was Roosevelt. Okay. And Roosevelt invited, uh, so there's a tradition for everyone who wins a medal in the Olympics to be invited to the White House and shake the president's hand. Okay. Um, none of the black medal winners were invited to the White House, including Jesse Owens, oh. um, to by Roosevelt. Uh, to the White House. Why is so. this like so not surprising? Like, why uh, is it? Of course, so of course. Just like, oh, yep, one more disappointment. Come and, on. and America's just so good at that of like, wow, we had Jesse Owens and like, fuck Hitler. Well, it's and just, it's like, it's, well, it's just like a, a, like a, you know, it's its own propaganda. Like, yeah, we exactly. are just as big into spinning our own uh, tales about how awesome we are and how everything we're doing is correct yeah, and good. Because racism ended with slavery. And uh, and we got rid of that. Yeah, and we got rid of it. So, so it's been over actually of course, for a minute. Jesse Owens was living in a perfect world. Gosh. And uh, even though he, quote unquote, like defeated Hitler <laughs> with winning the race, uh, he was, of course, brought home to no fanfare and not invited to the White House. And was totally shit on by his own government. Obviously. Obviously. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, horrifically, and obviously. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry there's not enough twists and turns in this story, people. No, I'm sorry it's, so it's just as bad as you expect it's going to yeah, be. 100%. Um, so some sad, just like ending facts. <laughs> I'm not going to say fun ending facts. I'm going to say sad ending okay. facts. About the end of uh, the 1936 Olympics. So Jesse Owens uh, did run to victory. Um, for it was the uh, four times one hundred meter relay, um, but uh, the same race that he run for ran for that, uh, Marty Glickman and Stam Stoller were pulled by the U.S. coach um, from that same relay the day before the event because they were Jewish, and Glickman uh, said it was an attempt to not embarrass Germany. Which is like embarrassed Germany. Mm-hmm. What what reasoning is that? Uh-huh. God. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And then uh, two days after the Olympics ended, uh, Captain Wolfgang Thorstener, who was head of the Olympic Village, okay, um, ended up taking his own life because he was dismissed from head military service because of his Jewish ancestry. Oh my god. So he was like in charge, he was like given the right of like which I think is just more propaganda of them being yes. like, look at this beautiful picture of how like great Berlin is right, right now. And uh, we took down all of our signs and we made this man head of the Olympic Village and then 2 days later he was like dismissed. I'm pretty sure with like, you know, no honors. Oh, of course. No, no cuz it was like clearly Shameful to yeah. them that he uh, had any part of himself that his wasn't. Because was Germany. Or wow. was Jewish. And, uh, yeah, and so he took his own life. And then uh, many Jewish athletes who either competed in the Olympics prior to 1936 or in the 1936 Olympics itself would end up uh, dying in concentration tra- camps during the Holocaust. Oh, no! Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. So this is obviously a super sad segment. This is... <laughs> Very brutal. And yeah. and as we've already said several times, completely not surprising. I just don't think I ever realized that like this massive like world stage event was going on 
in Germany yeah. while shit was going down left, right, and center. A hundred percent. Like, and, and it, oh man, I'm just yeah. It wasn't wild. like the 1936, like like three years prior to World War II, like it was happening in the Netherlands or it was happening in like an annex country right. or even access country. It was like literally in Berlin. And it was on the world stage very, like, appropriately. Yes. And I just think that I, I I understand that, like, obviously this is mostly a comedy and Olympics podcast, but I didn't want to be like, yeah, Nazis were in the Olympics and that no. was it. Like, I, you definitely, obviously we needed to we touch needed on, to like, this time. what that meant. 100%. And just make it super clear that we are very anti-Nazis. <laughs> oh, uh, anti pretty much all I of the crazy I, shit that I, was going down. I didn't even down. think, or I guess I hoped that we wouldn't have to be a... I'm just, in case anyone's like, well, no. Okay. We're not, <laughs> we are not for this. This was bad, bad, bad. And if you think it was right in some weird way, you can just go ahead and press the press bottle on this podcast. I'm thinking that we're going to have maybe five listeners to this podcast and it's going to be 100% our parents. I'm really <laughs> hoping none of them are like, well... You know what? They had some good ideas. Same. Same. Mom? Mom? Dad? Dad? Craig? <laughs> Craigery? <laughs> no, uh, it was obviously um, super horrific, and I Gosh. just found it really, I found it interesting because, yes, the arts were the Olympics, and that played just as big of a propaganda tool as anything else during that time. Yep. Because it was a point in which the world was looking at Berlin and looking at Germany, mm-hmm. and they knew about the Third Reich, and they were trying to see, like, what was the vibe when they got into town? And it was very cultivated to be seemingly peaceful, seemingly very, like, pro-humanity, pro-world, pro-life, pro-art. Right. And um, the arts, like, they really pushed it forward, especially with all these, like, German arts that were both commissioned for the city and then all of the German artists that submitted to the Arts Olympics itself. Yeah. It was just very, like, it was a lot of beautiful Aryan depictions of athletes that yeah. were just, like, well, it's used like, to push that propaganda. Well, they just so intensely were, like, pushing that agenda. 100%, like, yeah. that they couldn't even be subtle about it. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, no, I'm so glad that you did a deep dive on this. This was 100% worth yeah. the time put in. I I straight up would not over here like most of the episode just ooing and eyeing like a mm-hmm. like an old timey crowd at a at a show yeah <laughs> so i i am a snake oil it. salesman and and my and uh, i love this cure <laughs> <laughs> i really like that i'm a power user um Okay, yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Elizabeth. I want to wrap this up with the cutest little bow. I want to judge something so hard. Amazing. So, what I pick for this week, pick up lines. Pick up lines? Yes. I love that. Which I, I remember or, when we were talking about this initially, I was like, isn't it kind of an art form? Because, like, if you crush, like, you crush. If it works, it works. Yeah. It is an art form. And, and you know who would argue that more than anyone else? Whoever the author is of... Oh no! What is it called? The playbook? Oh yeah. No, not the, the game. The game. Okay. The yes, playbook yes. is the "How I Met You Mother." How I Met Your Mother uh, parody of it. Okay. But the game was that very shitty book that was popular in like 2011. Sure. That taught guys how to pick up women. Oh yeah. And the whole structure of it was like, if you do it enough, I'm like, no fuck, if you do anything enough, sure. you'll win something. <laughs> also, fuck you. 
So I will say, to try to tie it back to art, since it's, you know, really holding on by a thread. Yeah. These are pickup lines from movies. Oh, So they I have been, that. like, crafted and written and thought about to some extent or another. And I want to make sure, do you have an alignment on good to bad on these? I'll be honest... No. Oh, okay. Not not really. But well, then I'm pretty how sure do I'll I figure it out. Do along well the way. or not? I'm gonna mostly be telling you. They're, okay, this is there are bon- bonus points. You, if you can tell me what movie they're from. Okay, that's the bonus point. Then that's the bonus point. I love that. Which I know doesn't really solve the meddling thing. But yeah. how about at the end, I'll tell you how I'd rank them, and then that's what's right. Honestly, yeah, you're you're okay. you're uh, the ultimate judge. Excellent. And I I am you. all of the U.S., 24 of 30, please, um, <laughs> out I here telling you what's right. I love it. Uh, okay. So, three pickup lines from f- films. Okay. Film. Okay. Here's the first one. Okay. Your husband had told me you were the most beautiful woman he'd ever met. I didn't expect the most beautiful woman I'd ever met. Oh, my God. I hate it. I hate it. And I don't know what that's from, and I hate it. Uh, I'll do all three. Okay, please. We'll, we'll circle back and just do some quick, like, what the actual. That sounds great. Uh, okay. Number two. Are you a parking ticket? Because when I found you, you were stuck under my windshield wipers. What? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Give me that last. Okay. Third. I may be an outlaw, darling, but you're the one stealing my heart. Okay, that's cute. That's cute. That's old-fashioned. I love it. I see, like, a Clint Eastwood, and he's not talking to a chair. He's talking to a hottie. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, can I give you some first impressions? Yes, of course you All can. right. Your husband had told me that you were the most beautiful woman you'd ever met. I didn't expect you to be the most beautiful woman I'd ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I dislike this one because it's a man who is disrespecting a woman's autonomy of having a relationship with her own partner. Um, and oh, it's not good. No, audience, feels these are not what you should. Crunchy. Yeah, it's yeah, not great. And I hate him, but that's fine. Okay, two, are you a parking ticket? Because when I found you, you were stuck under my windshield wipers. Okay. So this straight up doesn't make sense. <laughs> but you're listening. Unless is in this movie does she does he hit her with her car, with his car? Um maybe. Okay, it kind of seems like he hits her with a car and then and then that's why she's under the windshield wipers. Okay. And then he's like, "Oh, you're oh, so hot. Yeah. Thank God." <laughs> okay. But then I would hope that he'd do some pickup line like I, I wanted to hit on you. I didn't yeah. mean to hit you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a freebie. Um, okay, <laughs> number three. I may be an outlaw, darling, but you're the one stealing my heart. Seems classic. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Like, I think it's succinct to the point. Is that a spaghetti western? Like, I'm interested. Okay. Well, do you want to reveal? Um, can I, can I, should I vote? Oh, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because it's the structure of the podcast. No, no, please, no other reason. just hold me... Hold me into the structure, please. Okay. Good grief. Um, just because it's the only one that doesn't seem weird and shitty, I have to give number three gold. Gold to, I may be an outlaw darling, but you're the one stealing my heart. Yes. Okay. Um, I feel like, yeah, I just like that it doesn't seem to be a creep. Okay. Um, I'm going to give number one silver 
your husband had me, uh, told me that you're the most beautiful woman you'd ever met. I didn't expect you to be the most beautiful woman I'd ever meet. Because even though this man clearly is like a bit bold. Yes. Um, I think I'd be flattered. Can I be honest? Like if oh, I sure. was receiving this, I'd be like, say more. Yes. <laughs> like not that it would work. Like I'd want to get with him as in like. You were so hard on it, but now you're like, but like straight up. No, like, like. I can I can call someone a douche and also be flattered. <laughs> like I can she's hold a both douche. Those things at once. Like yeah, people sure. come in multitudes. Charming people and douchebags often fall in the same category. Oh my gosh, true. <laughs> okay. And then I guess so that means uh, bronze to are you a parking ticket because I found you when I found you you were stuck under my windshield wipers only because like if I got this in context yes. of whatever was happening yes. maybe I'd like it but like I'm lost. <laughs> like I'm scared yeah. and I'm confused yeah, and totally. I'm I'm distraught. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's put you out of your misery. Okay. Uh, okay. So the first one, uh, your husband told me you were the most beautiful woman he'd ever met. I didn't expect to meet the most beautiful woman I'd ever met. Silver. Uh, the silver, correct, is George Clooney in okay. Intolerable Cruelty from 2003. Okay. So, uh, yeah, especially if George Clooney came up and was like. Oh, wow. I'd be like... Ugh. I'd give it. I'd, I'd take it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd give it. I'd take it. I'd give it. I'd take it. <laughs> I think that says everything we need to say about that. <laughs> I don't think you can expound more. Absolutely not. Um, okay. Uh, so that was your silver. I will... Oh, your gold. I should have done this in the order of medals, but whatever. That's okay. The gold is Brad Pitt in Thelma and Louise in 1991. Really? Yeah. Which, I, I mean, mean, such a... Yummy little part. Bay and outlaw, like, darling, but you're stealing my heart. Yes. I love that. I love that. And also, if Brad Pitt said that in Thelma and Louise. I know. Okay. Uh, first off, I'm an embarrassed. I haven't seen that movie. And secondly, it's doing it for me. Yeah. He... Like, 100%. That's actually way hotter. I was afraid it was going to be a spaghetti western with so, some, like, ugly old guy. Right. But Brad Pitt, no, like, no. in the 90s. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doing, like, denim commercials, Fuck like, in me. between takes and stuff. Are you kidding me? Yeah, totally. Yes, 100%. Okay. And then the second one, uh, are yeah, you a bronze. parking ticket? Because when I found you, you were stuck under my windshield wipers. Was just submitted to me by my friend Kate. Andrea. <laughs> I'm Andrea. so sorry, Kate. No, no, Kate, I'm so sorry. I, I genuinely was like stressing about this segment. I was like, I have to call, like I've got to find some pickup lines, but like I gotta like, there's gotta be a rubric or like something that ties them together. So I had pulled a bunch of movie pickup lines and then I also pulled a bunch of Instagram friends. I love that, yeah. And then I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stick it to Bernadette. Did you hide your Instagram story from me? No, it's out there, girl. Oh, It's there for you. Fuck. Yeah, my bad. it's available. Uh, so, no, this, um, Kate, it's just chaotic. Are you, and are I, you my friend Kate is, is found you. out there yeah. and fun and also an improviser, so that should tell you. Oh, okay, Kate. Okay, Kate. I'm so sorry. I got lost and confused. My my question is, so like an improv game, yes. like um, like that. I like my women. Like I like my coffee. Blank. Yes. If if it's like a, I like my women. Like I like my parking tickets. Um, Stuck under my windshield wipers. See that one confuses me. Sure. My question is, I think it's funny. is it better to say like paid for? Because, my, because I'm pro-sex work? You know what I'm saying? No, like that's actually just good. Like, okay. In terms of just being so smooth. This is more like, 
I, it feels like it could be crazy innuendo. Okay. Just insane. You're just like, what? You know when someone just, like, puts together, like, an innuendo, like, you know, I want to, like, I'm trying to think of ones that aren't, like, just so obvious. Like, I want to uh, wax your car, and you're like, Wait, what do you want to do? Yeah, like, say more. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, I know it's sexy, but I don't know I why. I need you to elaborate because I'm <laughs> okay. lost. Um, so, no, that's the judging sad segment. Pick up lines from movies, which was a lie. A little bit. No, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I feel very good I about think voting number one, Brad Pitt. Number two, George Clooney. Number three, Kate. Still placing Kate. Still, still placing. Oh my goodness, you're still gonna get on that Wheaties box probably. Amen. If brother. like everybody else is too busy, you know, doing like real stuff, maybe, <laughs> maybe the Wheaties box will be available. Hundred percent. Thank you, Kate, for submitting that piece of chaos to just really keep us on our toes. <laughs> oh wow! I think that's the end of our episode. We, it is the end, and we ended on an upswing. Amen. As promised. I know that this one was a little long because we went into <coughs> you Nazi know. Germany. But, can I be honest? I had fun. I also had fun. I'm really glad that I learned a lot more than I knew before today. This was a big ol', like, wake-up call to just, like, hey, don't forget. History happens in layers on top of itself. Amen. And also, like, it happens again. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some things that, like, I mean, some highlights to me were, like, one... Propaganda is so useful even today, and we always forget about it. Yes, like the whole shit about like um, just trying to put someone in their in a habitat where we can see them in a in a positive light, even though they're we know that they're doing evil things. Yes, is like it was used then and it's used now. A hundred percent. And then also, I this is like I don't want to say I liked learning about this, but I I'm glad I learned about. How the the whole, like, I had heard the Jesse Owens story. And uh, when's the last time I heard Jesse Owens' name? Oh, he's mentioned in Get Out. Oh, so of course. So the, the grandpa in Get Out, when uh, the dad um, is, like, pointing out the, the grandpa, and he's like, he lost to Jesse Owens, but, like, that's good because he was a black guy. And then, you know, it turns out the whole end of Get Out, which I won't ruin. But, um... Restraint. Thank you. I try. <laughs> but, uh... So that was the last time he was mentioned. So, like, Jesse Owens is a big name. And the fact that, like, the U.S., like, lens on him is, like, thank God he, like, stuck it to Hitler when, like, he was, of course, not celebrated at home. Like, yeah, tokenism. And it's still happening. And it's a huge bummer. And just, like, it's just, like, the fact that we were, like, wow, overseas countries are so racist. And when we're, like, just, like, a white supremacist-driven country is, like... I don't know. I enjoyed I enjoyed reading about it because that stuff is It was great. important. A hundred percent. So important and clearly just stuff that we're also talking about nowadays. Yeah, so like hundred percent. Just a bit of history that unfortunately um, reflects a bit of right now. Well I could chew on it. I'm oh I'm I'm chewing. My my jaws are tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Well it was lovely to talk to you, Elizabeth. It was, it was lovely, lovely to talk to you, audience. Oh man, yeah. Thanks for just sitting quietly and listening. That yeah. was nice of you. And I really liked when you, audience, spoke back to us. I heard it. It was tasty. It was. (laughs) And as we always say, you put your art in me, and I'll put my something in you. No, 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 no. Shoot. You put your Olympics in me, I'll put my art in you? Yeah. You put your art in me. As we always say. As we always say. say, You put your Olympics in me, and I'll I'll put put my art in you. you. Signing off. (laughs) Bye-bye now.